And now, it's time for the Dad Bod Rap Pod with your hosts, Damone Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Dad Bod Rap Pod. We're back another week. Um, this is becoming way too familiar in our program, but uh, as we circle up today, we are mourning the loss of another uh, hip hop legend. Of course, you guys know that uh, Biz Marquis passed away um, over this previous weekend. Um, like everyone, you know, we're crestfallen, shocked, hurt, and um, also just trying to parse through and uplift the legacy of Biz Marquis. Uh, my name is Damone Carter. I am joined by the bros, Nate LeBlanc. What's happening, man? Oh, you know, it's a, it's a rough time. Um, seeing that image of Chuck D holding up the whiteboard with the people who've passed since December 2029, yeah. prominent hip-hop figures, and that doesn't include uh, like people like photographer Chi Modu. Like, it's, it's just right. like there is a... It just it just feels wrong that we're losing so many people who are so important to the culture's international growth and what we think of as hip hop today. The people who formed this, yes. um, and whose art is so important to all of us personally and just as a culture. It just it just really sucks. Yeah, it it definitely does, and unfortunately, you know, um, we we well, kind of fortunately, we have a space to kind of process this. Um, Dave, your your piece uh, in in NPR was was a great obituary, so I want to I want to shout shout you out for that. Um, yeah, how's it going, man? How you how you kind of dealing and processing? It's one thing to like deal with it, but you actually had to like turn out a piece about it, right? Um, which I was kind of thinking like that has to be tough, no? Um, it was tough. I was uh, I've gotten a, a few very um, nice emails regarding that. And my response has been like, that's the one thing I've written that I wish was never published, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you mentioned Crestfallen earlier. And I think that's definitely the, the uh, overall sentiment. I mean, you know, you're, we're talking about one of the most outwardly celebratory humans ever. So yeah. for, for yeah. that to sort of go away, uh, I think Crestfallen was the word. And you know, just the fact that we've had to play with these emotions already with the, with the dubious um, announcements of his death. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, I, I, it's been a rough time. And to Nate's point, um, seeing that picture that uh, Chuck posted, I mean, it doesn't get more real than that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, con concerning in a way. And I mean, it's not as if all of these uh, tragic losses necessarily have a, a thread through them. You know, people have passed away for different reasons, but um, it just goes to show how uh, in a culture that is still um, probably underdocumented and underappreciated as an as an art form. Mm -hmm. um, it's just it makes it all the more urgent. Right. I think right. about the passing of Biz Marquis and like in some ways is our job to help those who, you know, weren't around. Right, right. Run, or people in the broader culture who are like, yeah, he was on Yo Gabba Gabba. Like, well, even even the even I mean, even the headline to to the obit that I wrote was like, just a friend rapper dies. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, how more reductive can you fucking be? But I also get that it it's for a general audience. But I totally get your point. Though. I'll, I'll say this about that: it's if if you have to have uh, one hit, it's such a great song that like it's oh, a good yeah. thing to be remembered for it's not like um i'm trying to think of a like a real one hit wonder like I, it, it's not coming together for me for my joke but it's it's not <laughs> like uh you know I, i'm like what's just a bad song it's just it's not like a ice ice baby rapper dies yeah right? it's like well, it's like yeah. it's like it is a great song it means a lot to people it's kept alive in the culture um, it, it really does give you the best of biz. Like it's good mm -hmm. rapping. It's a, it's a well-structured story. It yes. has his crazy off kilter singing. The video is amazing. Right. Um, it has like, you know, um, little, little details. Like when the guy makes him fill out the visitors form, like right, it's, not, right. it's not just the chorus. I don't know. There's, it's, no, I, I totally agree with you. People like love that song. Cause it's such a great song and it's totally. like, truly transcended hip hop and become, a pop culture phenomenon, but I hear you. It, it's like fully agree with you. But I, you know, if if the headline when Vanilla Ice dies, Ice Ice Baby rapper dies, I'm okay with that. 
You know what I mean? Also, yeah. also, also, <laughs> because, you know, this is what I bring to this program. That will not be the right. That will, right. Not, that will not be his headline. He right. will be Vanilla Ice. Um, right. Iconic white rapper passes away. How about artist Bismarck? He dies. And then right. you go into it. Yeah. Iconic I mean? rap artist. Right. Yeah. Right. right. So it's it's one of those things. And this comes into play, I think, with a lot of rappers from the 80s is that they kind of get just tagged with where they peaked uh, right. pop culture wise. But Biz was so much more than that. So we'll, we, we definitely want to kind of get into that. And like what I've been thinking about is his place um, in terms of like the clown prince is used a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of, of developing a hip hop sense right. of humor, right. um, I think uh, he is kind of foundational in that uh, he brought that kind of front and center a Dave, you touched on this in the obit at a time when everybody was kind of tough and, you know, braggadocio. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can make fun of himself. He was, 100. he was silly. He was goofy. Um, but also still the party rocking dude. And so I kind of feel like um, when we see rappers today who can be humorous and, and kind of bring that energy, I think everybody kind of owes uh a debt of gratitude to biz in that regard i don't know if you guys know this or if you've like looked at this but i was noticing it like when i was looking through my biz records over the weekend side one song one on going off is picking boogers boogers yeah. it's like that it's like the first <laughs> thing i mean he was he yeah. was kind of known for beatboxing and uh uh the roxanne shante stuff and right right like a couple of other things but like the like when you're putting together your album you lean with thing that you want to do um, that song was, of course, famously written by Big Daddy Kane. There was a right. time when De- uh, Biz was still developing as a writer. He became a, a pretty good rhyme writer uh, mm-hmm. later in his career. But at that time, um, and I want to give a shout out to um, uh, Jack Splash of Plant Life, who uh, tagged us on Twitter a few weeks ago and said he was enjoying uh, finally having his kids old enough to be able to teach them about hip hop. And one of the things that he, he was showing them was stuff like Big biz Marquee and big daddy Kane, mm-hmm. and specifically he was like people should talk more about their friendship and i would say it's mm. kind of an unlikely friendship on the surface right like big daddy Kane, probably coolest guy in the world at that right, point right right and then coolest Marquee playboy is this like just just huge personality um someone who was um unafraid to like get into like bodily functions and just like be uh vulnerable and to right. dance and to bring like this huge sense of like showmanship right, into right. Pop, where, mm. where kane was just like this lethal rhyme writer right and his music's not particularly fun and when he kind of tries to it's like mm. yeah well, it just goes to show you how great an artist like biz Marquis was at capturing the fun energy of the 80s you mentioned picking boogers and that was i think my first time uh hearing biz Marquis. i have an older auntie He's probably, you know, early 50s. And I remember uh, I was staying with them in Seattle and she was going to the Big Daddy Kane concert that was in town. And I remember thinking it was a big deal. And she was like, uh, listen to this. And I was like, it's about boogers. <laughs> you know, we talk about Mount Rushmore's a lot, right? Mount Rushmore yes. of MCs, right? Um, yes. How about hip hop cultural figures? And where do you think, where do you guys think Biz lands on that? Obviously not from a mentee point of view, not rapper. Not, As a personality. But everything we're talking about, everything that he encapsulates, you know, being the, uh, the eternal big kid, you know what I mean? Like, uh, where does he fall for you guys on the Mount Rushmore? That's a, that's a great question. Um, Pretty high for me. I, like, damn, I love damn. Biz Marquis, man. Like, I've, yeah. I've just spent so much time listening to his music. I think he's underappreciated as a loop digger as a producer, as an all-around package. Um, And it's funny, you know, um, I I think it's tough to talk about this stuff without talking about Slick Rick. And they're Mm -hmm. they're very much contemporaries. I would put probably Slick Rick. And then, like, if we're going into the future a little bit, maybe a Ghostface. That's what I was going to say. On that that Mount Rushmore. And then we have one one slot yet to fill. I'm sure it will come to me as we're talking here. But, like, I just – I have always thought Bismarck, he was – weirdly underrated because he's so funny exactly music's really good right 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 it's so easy to dismiss people just because they're funny it's like the comedian doing the serious role hey bill murray's the best dog you know what i mean like but but to easily dismiss him at first just because he cracks some jokes 
And uh, yeah, definitely to your point, Nate. I yeah, I, 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 I would agree. I think um, with Biz, you have to consider his hip hop body of work. So not only was he the progenitor of a lot of people learning how to beatbox and bringing beatboxing mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the forefront. Um, he's an amazing DJ. Uh, right. He can freestyle. He had character and energy in an era. He stood out in an era where you had to have character and energy. You had to have right. some kind of iconic voice and in, in to even be taken seriously. Um, and then he had this very interesting post-career, uh, not post-rap career, but once his kind of releasing of albums kind of died down, mm-hmm. he still remained a super relevant cultural figure through his DJing, I know he was like on some couple of TV shows. It's America, that's right. What you. Um, um, cele- celebrity Fit Club, I yeah, think. Yeah, the, the um, kind Yo of Gabba something. Gabba though, I think Yo Gabba a, Gabba is a later high mark, of course. Yeah, yeah, the connecting with the kids in a different way, right? And like, mm-hmm. not too many um, figures are as beloved. So I would say if we're doing a beloved kind of uh, yeah. Mount Rushmore, Biz yeah. is definitely on it, right up there with Snoop. Um, and, you know, just the most, uh, you know, nobody would have a bad word to, even if he hadn't passed, nobody has a bad word to say about right. Marquis. Right. Like, nobody just, needs him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is kind of funny, um, similar to like after doom pass then after like you know everybody mourns publicly there's a big twitter thing and then people were like he did kind of steal forty thousand dollars from my company but it was doom and i don't care right he's a villain right and so i just want to say and these are not my stories but there are so many great biz marquee stories there's a soul strut thread of stories if you got you guys need to google that if you were not around in the soul strut days and like the site has been all redesigned and it looks weird to me looking at it in this format now because I was I was on there that day when this was all happening and it's so funny and so great but like like he'll steal your cassette nice LP you know like um it's in the Beastie Boys book uh Mike D asked Biz for some kind of like he's like I played you that tape member and then Biz just goes like if you don't got it I probably got it (laughs) just like a very very like lovable irascible way of saying yes i did steal that i (laughs) I don't know where it is but i did steal it Um, he's like your older brother's like cool funny friend you know what i mean yes yeah that uh, inadvertently teaches you so much shit and you know it's so funny again to just be dismissive because he's like the clown prince but the clown prince also is like an expert collector and you know um, the world of collecting in hip hop is obviously huge. You know, I mean, he's like the hugest sneakerhead, but also he collected oh, their yeah, stories about true. Beanie Babies. You know totally. what I mean? Yeah, Beanie Babies, lunch boxes, such an toys. obsessive, such an yeah. obsessive, and just so true to. And themselves. when you say culture, right? So, like, uh, when we think about uh, hip hop culture, which all that ephemera kind of runs through at different points, um, there there might not be a, a greater cultural figure if you think about when he came along the different places that he's shown up um and just you know the outpouring you know twitter you know i think online can be a little bit fake sometimes i'm like you've never heard of biz record like (laughs) you know what i mean but it just goes to show how how large of an imprint he made as an artist where people who kind of don't really know what's going on still feel like they need to because they heard just a friend yeah yeah they need to be performatively (laughs) uh uh jumping out in front of it um so i i you know i'd like to get to a day where we we're not doing necessarily this segment right um, dude every few weeks it seems i mean yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's and it's, it's especially different. it's especially difficult for somebody who just exuded so much joy i mean he personified joy you know what i mean that's a great word too. i would just like to say like i it's kind of this is a bit more difficult than it seems because some of Biz's best work is not on streaming due to mm-hmm. very famous right. and uh, setting, uh issues. But if you can, go listen to I Need a Haircut and All Samples right. Cleared and listen right. to them as 80s rap records and then show me like 10 80s rap records that are better than better, that. Better. Totally. You know what totally. I mean? It's just like, totally. it's, and I, I, this is something I've always thought about Biz Marquee and it's something that would probably bother me about a different, rap artist but i've always loved about him he has a couple of uh what i would consider like lyrical crutches that he leans on mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. he could go a, a one two like right, at any right. time if any time he needs to get to the next thing he can mm-hmm. spell his name in the way with yeah. the Amazon exactly yeah. anytime 
and like it, like it just it never got old for me like i right, love listening right. to biz Marquee rap and i think his story songs are really where it shines um uh dave i know you know this one uh, what comes around goes around of course um it's like it's kind of like a cousin to the vapors like a yes. lot of biz's mm-hmm. best songs are mm-hmm. about him like holding it over people that he got famous and successful <laughs> totally. this one in particular is about him like finally being able to get girls once he got famous yeah. it's such a good song it's such um, a good song um his there's aesthetic. kind of an acidic current to it it's like it's like he's like straight up throwing it in people's faces like ha yeah, totally it. so totally great. it's so great um his aesthetics as well cover album i like the cover art to stuff Arts, i mean yep. just behind you like the, the make the music with your mouth 12 is like totally. one of the illest things ever totally. from the font to him jumping over tj swan you know what i mean totally to him uh, making faces to all of that biz is going with off the beaker cover is like I mean, one of the illest yeah, yeah. covers like it's just such beautiful design and, and like it's cool because it's in going off is literally he's in a funhouse mirror and so you yeah. get this metaphor to describe his kind of warped comedic so sensibility oh, for man. the rest so of his career moving forward and it's it's just he's just such a great artist and like i'm glad that people are celebrating him and, and if we can dip into this for a minute i'm just so pissed off that twitter tried to kill him three weeks i know Pre- prematurely I know. yeah i was I think... just talking to nate about this and we're we were texting each other as soon as the news broke and nate was like i felt like i kind of mourned already and there's a sense yeah. of unfairness to that to everyone involved you know what i mean yeah. and it i don't know i don't know if it's necessarily like malicious i think it's just like a part of internet it's a weird like necrophilic clout chasing it definitely right? folks definitely. are definitely trying to be the first to break uh to break the news of something as do you get an award for that? Does anybody right. go back and be like, totally. oh, hip, you know, this site broke it first? I don't know. Right. But I, I, I don't like the impulse. And it, it kind of brings back to me the, the bitterness that I feel is like um, these figures only become super important when they pass. Right. Really? And I, and I, I don't celebrate I don't like their life, not just notate their death. Exactly. They should not be notable. Exactly. And I feel like with rap, especially, um, we get too much of that. I think that's a reason why. Uh, notorious big looms so large in pop pop culture mm-hmm. um because he died you know what i mean he died young and i i hate that energy around rap that um you know uh, what is it you're nobody till somebody kills you like you're not right you're not th- that's what makes you legendary and um so we're gonna keep doing this program to kind of hold up you know what i mean uh people that that just uh, deserve to get their flowers while they're living. We're going to try, we're committing to trying to do a better job of that. Um, and uh, yeah, RIP uh, Biz Marquis, Dead Bod Rap Pod. All right, y'all. This program has been a journey. We are 179 episodes deep. And maybe the funnest part about it is there's just this mega thread that Nate, Dave, and I are on. And then Dave goes, corrupt at 630. And you're like, what? (laughs) Like, the corrupt and... Yes, it is. It's it's corrupt. We had a chance to to talk to him. Um, and I was really excited about it because, you know, we have a particular wheelhouse on this program, right? Like you're you're gonna hear us mention Edon a hundred times. We're gonna tell you you need to go get Arm and Hammer. Um, you know, we're gonna talk to to any old school legend we can we can talk to, but um there are this handful of figures, and I think corrupt is one of them, who uh move seamlessly through worlds of rapidity rap all the way to the highest levels of of what uh the most popular forms of rap music have ever been you're talking about somebody who had you know standout appearances on the fucking chronic so um it was great to uh to spend some time chatting with him nate he seemed to kind of like you i don't 
I don't know what that was about. <laughs> well, I'm going to take this time to announce my retirement from podcasting <laughs> and hip hop in general because corrupt called me Nate Dog. That's yeah. right, knighted. Uh, you yeah. got knighted. Yeah, I got knighted. Knighted. Oh. <laughs> right yeah, it's yeah. while we were still talking to uh, corrupt, I pulled out my phone and texted a homie I was like really tight with in junior high, and I was like, "Well, aha, yeah, <laughs> Nate Dog. Never thought that would happen." Um, so anyway, uh, I was super, super into the whole dog pound G funk. Like, it's just like, I, I talked to corrupt a little bit about this. I'm like, I am one of the suburban white kids who fell in love with gangster rap and it, it, yeah, sure. it didn't ruin my life. You know, it's just like, yeah. it's just a kind of music that I really like. I spent a lot of time listening to it in my formative years and I still think about what that means because it's very dark it's very violent it's very misogynistic mm -hmm. it kind of represents things that i don't represent in my normal life but if there's like some hip-hop karaoke better get right. the fuck out of the way <laughs> yeah. I know every single word to every single one of these songs and they're great great songs musically lyrically and just like it's just a it's one of as damone put it eloquently the pinnacles of rap and hip-hop culture so just shocked to be in this situation sitting in this chair talking to someone like this really enjoyed talking to him and um yeah i mean dave you you set all this up anything again. you want to bring in here yeah you know it's always good for us or it always has worked out well when we touch base with these sort of legends at at this juncture in their career yeah. so you know it's yeah. not like i'm checking for every corrupt you know mixtape that's come out since fucking the chronic but it's really nice to hear Kendrick give him props. You know, it's yeah. really it's yeah. really nice to hear media sort of give him props. And then when he's sitting in front of us talking, that's always that uh, you know that's always like the cherry on top of the cherry. And for him yeah. to be just sort of so nice and so open with his stories. I mean, he pulled out his his cat in front of us and started petting. I mean, he was yeah. smoking blunts in front of us. It could not have felt more like we're kicking it with corrupt. You know, I mean, maybe if we were in a six four impala or something yeah that's the, like, yeah, I... <laughs> uh, the only the only other uh, equivalent interview we ever did was mc8 i was just gonna say this has a slightly different energy mc8 is very much the og right and, like spoke with like this really like a sense of authority and finality mm -hmm. and corrupt finality. is an mc yeah, and he talks he's about rapping because he talks about rapping yeah. ass rapper. And this, right. I'm not going to ruin this story for you guys, but there is a story in here about Snoop kind of directing him on a very so famous good. verse that will so blow good. your mind. It's so yeah, great. that was such a great interview. It's so great to get these these guys on, and they're you know forthcoming with us. You know, and who would have thought if we got in front of corrupt, he would just tell us a Snoop Dogg story. By the way, they call Snoop Dogg Snoopy. Yeah, so, which you a, shouldn't. If yeah. you roll up on Snoop, <laughs> I think you should address him as Mr. Snoop, Mr. Doggy Dog, not Snoopy. But um, yeah, it's just great to be kind of in proximity to right. someone who was a part of one of the most iconic eras in um, rap history. Really what has taken rap to uh, being the multi-cajillion dollar business that it is uh, was the G-Funk era and, and all of that. So um, we're super excited to have him on. We, we nerded out a bit. Uh, the Four Horsemen project, which has been long delayed and talked about with um, corrupt cannabis killer priests and Razkas, um, is out right now. So you should definitely check for that. But uh, here it is, our interview with corrupt dad bod rap pod. Dad Bod Rap Pod. Every week we have interviews with people who have moved and shaped hip hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us in Zoom, we are talking to Corrupt. What's happening, man? Oh, man, you know, life is good. God is good. And enjoying, enjoying this game right now. It's been a long time since I've had an opportunity to enjoy the game. Okay. I'm enjoying it right now. It's a great thing. That's great, man. So we're, we're going to get into uh, what the new stuff you got coming, but I wanted to take it back, back 
uh, and talk about your debut um, on Wax, which I didn't know until today was with the SOS band. Um, can you can you talk a little bit about about how that came together? You got three joints on a SOS band album from from ninety one. Uh, how, how'd that come about? Wow, good job. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a baby. Good job. That's the first record I was ever on in my entire life was with the SOS band. They took me in, man. They wanted a rapper on a project, and they didn't want a known rapper, they wanted somebody fresh and new, is what they say it. And uh, my management at the time, Lamont Brumfield, uh, chopped it with their folks and said, I got the best rapper in Los Angeles. Mm. They said, okay, we'll bring him in. I came in, we knocked down, it was actually two records on there. Okay. Stay in Love, and uh, there was another one. Someone to Love, I think, was the second one I did it. First okay. one, the other one, and when I did the first one, because I was only supposed to do one, they was like, "This this boy good." Okay, <laughs> good. We got another one. You think you can get on that too? I said, "Oh yeah," and they was like, "Bam!" They brought it out. Someone in love, and then I knocked them down, and they was like, "Okay, yeah, you wasn't lying. He he's the best we've heard that we haven't heard." That's dope. And you were sixteen. I was 16 years old. No, I was 17 because I'm 17 when I was 16. I was wow. 17 years old. I was still in high school. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. Right. That's crazy. Who's in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was in Hawthorne going to losing. I ain't even moved to South Central yet. Damn. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I just want to sort of moving forward in the chronology of, of your um, career. Um, we all know the history with Death Row, like you got on there and then then you left and then came back. But I, I, I want to focus on when you were 19 and we're on Death Row. How did that happen? And how, how did that feel, man? Just being 19 and just being a part of that whole thing. Well, you know, it, you had to earn it. So I wasn't on Death Row. I was given the opportunity to mm. be on Death Row. Mm. Uh, when I first linked back up with Snoop after the Roxy, um, he was on, he was signed to Death Row. First member signed Death Row was uh, Rage and Snoop. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The rest of us was just, you know, we was just in the bucket of artists they was looking to sign. And, you know, their method is crazy because you could have lost your mind coming out on the chronic unsigned. We was unsigned mm. when the chronic dropped. But there's no place we wanted to be, you know, when it ain't broke, why fix it? So, I mean, shit, you know, being that young, 19 years old, I just wanted the mic. I really wasn't giving a fuck about the money. I just wanted the mic. And my main goal was to be respected as an MC. I wanted people to say that that's one of the best MCs that I've ever heard. So that was my whole goal. You know what I'm saying? Not to be a star or anything else, but respect as an MC. So it was pretty wild when you're driving down the street and then somebody pulls up. I was on Van Ness Century. And somebody pulled up, banging, stranded on death row. And I just looked over at him like, that's me. Hey, that's me, cuz. And I looked at him and he just banged on me. What's up, nigga? Boom. What's up, blood? And I was like, what's up? And he was like, nigga? And then drove off. And I'm thinking to myself, like, damn, he banging my shit, cuz. He don't even know it's me. Cause I wasn't known, <clears throat> you know. Mm. And I was like, damn, they banging my shit, though. I said, I'm a star. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. They playing my shit off the chronic. Then Suge came with the deal. I said, you damn right. Let's go. <laughs> I ain't got to read the motherfucker. I ain't give a fuck. Let's go. That's where I'm at. Nigga, how could I? Just fuck. Ain't nothing else but up. I'll deal with any problems later, man. Look, man, I'm, I'm, this is the only place I want to be. So I'm very excited. Extremely excited. Uh, hearing myself and people just loving me my lyrics and loving this artist called Corrupt. 
They didn't even know it was me. That was weird, but very, very exciting. Blew my mind. I'm glad I didn't lose it, though. <laughs> mm. Absolutely. Um, so slightly different from the encounter you just described. I am a 13-year-old white kid in the San Jose suburbs loving oh. your music, right? Like, So I want to ask you in particular Why about... so much bigger than me, man? I'm about to be 49 in November. <laughs> Everybody's bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the chicken? <laughs> it, uh... Rice. It helps. It helps. <laughs> um, so I, I want to ask you in particular about Ain't No Fun. All right. Classic song, iconic song. Do you think it's your best known verse or your best known work to this day? Or do you think that's just like one of many things you were a part of? No, you're absolutely correct. That's my number one bar. Mm. Mm. Um, over everything I've done in my entire career. If corrupt gave a fuck about a bitch, I'd always be broke. <laughs> my number one line. As soon as the entire world knows that over all my material. Um, and it's crazy, it's timeless. And Snoop is the key to that because I, I you know, I was I'm an MC. I was just an MC. All I wanted to do was destroy MCs. When we first made it, right, because we was on Vinton, if I'm not mistaken, in Culver City, at Snoop's house. Daz made the bass line and the drum, so he already had the blueprint. Then we went in the studio, Dr. Dre loved it. He added all the other magic, mm. the bass line and the keys. But Dr. Dre added the woo, which was the key to the record. Right. Daz and Dr. Dre, amazing. And um, the keys on there, Superfly, if I'm not mistaken, mm. um, with them keys. Was that when Superfly came? Yeah, that was it, Superfly. And, um, you know, it, when it came on, you know, Snoop, like, what you got, Corrupt? Because we finna lay it, we in the big boy. And I was like, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. boom. I'm like, okay. I'll check it. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Boom, boom. MCs I assassinate anytime they want dogs said, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 hold on, wait, correct. <laughs> like, hold on, hold on. He's like, look, cuz, I mean, you know, you can't <laughs> rappers and MCs and your verses all the time. You know, you gotta, like, you gotta feel the beat. You know, sometimes, you know what, corrupt, what you gotta do is, right? You gotta rap about things people can relate to. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when you with your homies out there in LA, I mean, what they what they do every day? What did, what did you do every day? Oh, shit. Yeah, rap about cars, like six, four Chevys and dipping down the street. Or, or rap about a bitch or something. Or something they can relate to. You know, you can't just kill everybody. All the time. <laughs> I was like, well, what do you mean? He was like, wait, Nate, what you got? And Nate said, uh, yeah. When I met you last night, baby. <laughs> Okay. Well, opened up your gap and we all just started laughing. <laughs> you know saying? And she was like, man, lay that. That's it right there. So Nate laid his and then I got it. And he was like, you know, just chill out. You ain't got to always yell. I was like, for real? He's like, well, just be yourself. Just chill. I said, okay. And that's when I wrote it. Oh, and man. His, and he was like, what you got, Corrupt? And then I started. Well, if Corrupt gave a fuck about a bitch, I'd always, he said, stop, stop, go, 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 lay it. Let me hear him. Yeah. And I laid it. The dog was like, ah. You look up, and then you see everybody like, oh, that gives you yeah. more confidence. So then you yeah. just, ah, oh, you add the extras onto it because you see everybody like it. That was the method. Mm -hmm. So Snoopy's mm -hmm. the one who calmed the nigga down. And then I hit him with that, and the biggest record I made of my career because I ain't even got to finish it. That's all I got to say. If Corrupt gave a fuck about a bitch, I'd always get broke, stop, and just look at people. Damn. Right, right. Everybody says it. So that was the one. You're absolutely correct. Absolutely correct, Nate. Damn. Nate Dog! Nate Dog. <laughs> Nate Dog Jr. Over, right. over here. I mean, you hear me? <laughs> yes, I hear you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's dope. Uh, 
I'm gonna switch gears a, a little bit. You 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 spoke about being an MC, uh, and that and that's what you wanted to be. And I remember one of the the dopest, most unexpected features that I heard from you was when you uh when you work with Slum Village. Um, can you can you talk about how that track came together? And and you know you you was in there riding the beat too. Uh, yeah. Can you talk about just kind of how that came together? And but did you know about JD? Like what what was the the science behind that? Well, I just signed my brother to Priority and my brother Roscoe. Mm. And Priority just did a deal with Capitol Records. So California was out. And it was, uh, they did a deal with Capitol Records. Slum Village was over there, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. uh, it was through that Capitol Priority game. Uh, that, you know, Slum Village was brought to the table, if I'm not mistaken. And then I flew to Detroit to knock down the record. And that's when I met, you know, all the killers. Mm. I just did a show for the Horsemen. And uh, one of my homies from Slum Village was there and performed at the show at our release party. He performed and rocked hard. Just reminded me of those times when we did... Uh, mm stop you know what i'm saying uh that was a very it was different for me but yeah. it was classic because jay dylan slum village whole album was off the charts yeah and i was a fan because they played the music for me capital it was like you know this one of our artists right i mean one of our groups and uh i was just like damn it was different it wasn't gangster it wasn't you know, backpackish. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. It wasn't East Coast. It wasn't mm -hmm. West. It was different. And the beats was just cracking. Just like that first single they had. Y'all remember that first single from there? What was that? Uh, uh, that climax? No, careful. Something like what did they call it? Uh, uh, off the off the first record. Mm -hmm. Oh, that shit was so banging. I was on the first record. That was the first record. Yeah, yeah, that was the first record. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? And uh and stop and, and stop. And, and, and but that first record, true love or something like that. Real what was it called? Oh, you think about uh tainted. Tainted. Oh yes. God, because they played that <laughs> I said, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, and I said, oh, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. man, that's when I met uh, Jay Rice, uh, Big Rice, his son. Mm. Ooh, yeah, and that's how that connection was. But Slum Village, though, that, that was a real big thing to me because it was outside of my my little circle. And to, you know, respected by the Midwest, Detroit. You know, my brother Chris Weber from Detroit, so... You know what I'm saying? Jeff, Jeff Weber. So that was exciting right there. Like Slum Village, you know, they really didn't care about your your, stat, your clout or your stature. You know what I'm saying? They was more along the lines of if they respected and liked you for your craft. they rather that than have the biggest artists on there. They'll fuck with a nobody who they like their style. You know what I'm saying? And they like corrupt style. That's how I got on that project. They requested me, and I was like, wow. That's dope, man. That's dope. <laughs> well, I'll be there. <laughs> you know, um, we're sort of jumping around your career a little bit, and you mentioned earlier about being the best MC from L.A., and, you know, that makes me think of Kendrick, and I know that, um, I know that Kendrick has mentioned you as uh, he cited you as being one of his biggest inspirations, and I wanted to know sort of, what your thoughts are on Kendrick, as well as like, how does it feel to like be inspiring a different generation now? You know, that's, that's a great thing to me, to be even uh, put in that category. You know, I still feel young. And just the other day, let me know how original that I am, the love that people give a nigga. Like, you know, you never know you make a history because you're making it or when you're making it. But the history is, is real in depth. And, you know, when Kendrick made it 
because you know I've been fucking with him since he was K Dot. Terrace Martin brought him to the table and J Rock. Mm-hmm. And those was the main ones who deserved the credit. Well, J Rock deserved the credit for Kendrick. J Rock was the one who was in depth with with Young Lamar. You know what I'm saying with K Dot. You know, J Rock was the one who groomed that killer. You know what I'm saying, and then he came over and started fucking with Terrace, and Terrace put, you know, Kendrick to me, and that's when I learned his love for me, where he said, you know, my formula and format, you know, was inspired by you, of all people, and I'm like, that's how I felt, like, of all people, Gotti, you know, the cliches crack a lot, a lot of people say the names that's on top, so when he did Control, and he used bits and pieces of my rhymes in it and and he gave it up for me. A lot of people was like, they asked him, like, who's your who's your inspiration? Like, well, Grup. And a lot of people were like, who? Don't you mean Tupac or <laughs> Ice Cube or something like that? No, 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 Grup. You know, they were shocked. And I was like, damn, you know. They get a little bit of love and motherfuckers just like, are you mistaken? I mean, you know, because everybody, you know, says the number ones but kendrick kept it real and that's very different you know for somebody to keep it as solid as he had you know uh, kendrick one of my greatest that i love of new generation but drake really took me on a spin to be able to make records like he does and be on that page but still can satisfy the mic because he's vicious on this mic and i was like drake drake is the shit and then I revamped on Kendrick's album like a half a year ago. And I was dead, like, damn, man, my my killer is really like, he, he's the best of his generation. He's literally the best. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow, the underdog. And that's the key. I, you know, when, when Dr. Dre first took a liking to him and, we did. He had that show, and we all showed up for him. And tears came down his eyes, and that reminded me of when I got accepted. And tears came down my eyes. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The things that people were saying about me—it's just like reliving it again, seeing an out of body experience. And so, you know, I mean, wow, to have the new generation give me that type of respect. I felt like I was uh, Snoop or Tupac or Jigga or Biggie or Pac or something. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? That's dope, dope, man. Yeah, that was exciting. That's, That's dope. dope. Um, I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about Blackout. Um, I listened to it again today, and I was just struck by how many different kinds of beats that Quick brought to the table they have the Moroccan joint. They have like the kind of like science fiction electro joint. Like, did you pick from a wide variety of things or did he kind of present beat packs to you? Or how did you guys collaborate on that album? How'd you, how'd you end up getting there? Well, you know, my, my thing with making records is um, I'm a great follower. Uh, you know, that's what lets me know what direction we go in. As long as I know the direction, my pen is impeccable you know with no direction nine times out of ten i'm gonna go to the mic mm. you know what i'm saying so you know snoopy and dj quick and dr dre they give that direction and that direction is the key to corrupt you know what i'm saying so with quick i just followed his lead um every aspect of the game i mean what i'm gonna tell quick right <laughs> dj quick for course <laughs> Yeah, and you know, with me, the producer is the key to me. You know, the producer leads the way. Now, I'm not talking about a beat maker. I'm talking somebody that can make a bomb beat. I'm talking about somebody that produces. That means he comes with the music. He comes with the direction. He comes with everything that an MC of my caliber needs to bring the best out of me. Subject matter is not my key because every time my subject, my only subject is the mic. Okay, what do you feel on this, Corrupt? Do you really want to know? No, I don't. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about this. Oh, perfect. Now give me an example. Wop, wop, the bink, bop, boop, got it. I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? And that's the key, which 
actually, you know, being that follower helps me to lead my program. Mm. It got me to the point where I got to Battle Cat. But when I was in with DJ Quick, we already had a rhythm from Space Boogie, uh, Can't Go Wrong with Butch. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, Quick did that uh, record right there for me. And so, you know, the parade was launched that you could hear him all over the mic on that. And that's what right. Quick wanted. So he still gave me the direction on there. He's like, man, be corrupt. Go where you want to go. I said, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Pop, pop, pop. Good job. Butch, let's go. Bang. Good job. Where for Blackout was more like, where are we going, huh? Okay, yeah. we're going to go here. Okay, we're going to go there. And then he played one beat that just blew my mind. Well, two beats, two records he played that, you know, they blew my mind from the door. And uh, you probably can feel it in those records. One was nine times out of 10. Mm. And that's why Unc gave me the bulk of that because that beat brought that guy out. And Unc was like, bam, okay. We following your lead now, Club. Mm. Then there was uh, Appeal. And Appeal just, you know, boom, 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 boom. That beat right just took me away to my lyrical form on another page, mm. which is telling that story. So those two was the ones that I just, I, I was corrupt on that. The other ones I was corrupt with direction. Okay. The DJ yeah. quick direction, especially do you know? You know, like, oh my God, do you hear that? Now I did go crazy with it, but it's all the direction of the beat. I already knew where to go. He already had the hook on there. Boom, I was like, ah, okay. I know exactly what we're going this <laughs> So yeah, you know, Quick was the direction of, of the album. And he gave me time to shine on two that I led the parade in. That nine times out of 10 is incredible, man. Like just great song. Blew me away. I heard those drums. I said, what the shit is this? He didn't even put a bass line on this thing, man. Just a drum. I said, hold it, I got it. When it stops, nine times out of and play with them words nine yeah. times out of ten again step with again <laughs> when, woo. yeah man oh, just fine just fine man uh you, so you you've gotten to work with some of the greatest producers in the game you've you've been a mentor to rappers um and you've had this project that we've been hearing about like one of the greatest mystery projects the four horsemen which is uh which is out um can you t- can you talk about that that project and kind of the road it's it's taken from when you guys first came up with the concept to the the music dropping well you no know, we're 20 semi years in the works with that project yeah mm-hmm. the reason why we never could complete because we get halfway through and they get leaked uh, it came out with the horseman project which really wasn't the record just came out the blue which took us back and then you know we got our regular lives so yeah. you know in our own careers so we tried to do this and still do our regular careers and live our regular lives and that was the delay because after all that hard work and it's leaked which took steam mm. steamboat and everybody got back into their regular things and then we tried to come back again, but by that time we was all on a roll with our regular things. Mm. And then this time, you know, Raz took the initiative, him and M80, and just, you know, took the most recent records that we've made, no one's heard, and racked up some of our originals and put together the project. And, you know, it was a success. I mean, the way they organized it, Raz did the organization of this, putting Versus where they need to be on these new beats. Mm. That was perfect. And just wow, 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 wow. You know, he Dr. Dre that. And put that all together right there. And, you know, I give my hats off to Raz mm. for his dedication to it. That's what it required in order to make it work. You know, all the tools were there to, to use to make that machine. But somebody had to take the time out to put it together. So mm. Raz did that and they made it. We love the project, and then from there, we all put our heads together on how we're going to release it to the people and let them know that this is real and not another bootleg, mm. which was the real work. 
because people, you know, you you tell people something for so long and then they get off of it. Like, ah, this is just another one of those garbage. (laughs) I was shocked at the support and the love that the people gave us. Yeah. Especially from Canada and the UK. And we charted at number three uh, in Canada. That was pretty huge. Mm. That's from BC, Vancouver, all the way down to Toronto to make a Canada list. And so that was pretty exciting as well. But, you know, it came out great. Came out great. Everybody's on deck. They rhymes just flourished. So, you know what I'm saying? So, a lot to the people. Thank you for your support and love. We got more for you. Okay, that was going to be my next question is, (laughs) is, uh, do you guys have have stuff in the tank that is yet to be leaked? Um, Everything else from this point is going to be fresh and brand new. We do still have a vault full of material, but probably going to mix it up again like that because it's not been heard. The people deserve to have this horseman education and this horseman information. Mm. We're going to mix it all up, new and original, put it all together like gumbo. And still get more, like Raz said, you know, this is our final whoop-wop to start our new beginning. Oh, okay. We do have more in the works. And other projects that we have and plan to come out, we have surprises. We have one project called Black Steel. Okay. In the works. Um, very exciting. I can't even let the cat out the bag. Uh, all, but okay. Different. You're going to hear from, you know, from this team we have. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I will give you a piece of it, though. Raz and Corrupt will be involved. Okay. Project, but we have other members that's going to be involved, which is going to be very different and very exciting to hear these different genres of music come together as one for this particular project. Black Steel, you're going to love it. Okay. It's got an album dropping in August. We changed what? it originally July 30th. Now we moved to August. Okay. We can drop our first real single, official single. We gave our little bits and pieces. But now we're finna drop launch the first actual single. We moved the date to August for the album to come out called DPG for Life. Okay. You're gonna love it. Our first main single. <clears throat> uh, me, Daz, and Snoopy. Giving them some classic before we get into this new DPG. And um, you know, that's exciting. You know, yeah. we loading them up with these projects and each one of us have our solo situations, Priest, Cannabis, Raz, myself, that's going to be dropping. I have one called Transition, Yvonne, mm. HMG, and we're going to give them that to introduce this new corrupt, this new mindset, this new mind state, this new mental place I am as a, a older man, mm. as well as a seasoned artist, and hitting them with some of this new music music that they love and know me for and new music that they ain't used to hearing from me. Mm. So, you know, hopefully this will be big. I have a new clothing line I'm coming with called our Iconic Clothing. Okay. Iconic spelled with a K. Yeah. So, you know, I'm finna hit them with all kinds of stuff. Next year I'll be retroing like Michael Jordan's, the original Michael Jordan's. I'll be retroing my Moon Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's what's up. Uh, shit, man. I enjoy these imitations. I can't call them imitations. You know what I'm saying? I, I call them, you know, it's love because they love my work. Yes. They love the moon rock. Yes. You know, if they ain't talking about you some kind of way or if they don't emulate you in some kind of way, you ain't doing shit. So, you know, I love it and I respect it. I tell all those with they moon rocks, good job. Yeah. You helped this brand to expand. I'm going to hit them with them real corrupt moon rocks. We all gonna start eating again because I'm gonna make Moon Rocks again, the number one whoop wop and get some more of these cannabis cups. Hello. Yeah, man. A lot of good things in the works. As you see, Snoop just dropped his new album from the streets to the sweets. Yeah. Popping them in the face with some of this this original gangster shit. And got a new position at Def Jam. So right. 
rest in peace to Nate. Everybody's striving and, and doing well. That's that's great to hear, man. Corrupt. We thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, man. We're man, motherfuckers, man. This is <laughs> right. She just stopped. She running all over here, jumping all over the place, wanting to be in the interview. In the interview now, you wanted it, you got it. Buckwheat. Buckwheat. Yeah. Buckwheat. How many tracks of detox are at Corrupt's house right now? <laughs> None. <laughs> Talk, Buckwheat. <laughs> Dre don't let nothing loose. Look, you got to leave your phone at the front. Is that right? <laughs> Look. The chronic was damn near leaked before we dropped the chronic. Dr. Dre had enough since then. He started commenting phones. You come in my session, no phones, you bring a camera, you gotta go. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm just saying though. It worked well because ain't nothing else got leaked. <laughs> no, it sure it sure hasn't, but it, it's good to hear somebody confirm that that stuff exists. Oh, we, yeah. we'd be you know, like Dr. it's an Dr. urban legend. Dr. Dre's a perfectionist and stickler. Until he feels it's ready, you know, there's no timeline on it. Mm. And he deserves that because, you know, shit. Uh, the Chronic was like four years old. G-Thing yeah. was three years old before it was released. And Dr. Dre taught us that, you know, hits are timeless. Great music is timeless. And um, it proved, it was, he showed that in G-Thing. They made that to a whole different beat. Then he changed the beat. And then that's the one y'all hear. And it's been the same ever since. You know, Dr. Dre just give him his time. She's been decades since Dr. Dre came with the idea of detox. He's still working on it. Wow. And people wow. know you're going to be happy for the long wait. Dr. Dre is the man. He does not play. <laughs> and I speak for Dr. Dre, Snoop, and all of us. We love all the support throughout the years. You know what I'm saying? And, and we love how y'all... Uh, embrace the West Coast. You know what I'm saying? Good looking for that. And I'm from Philly. Yeah, that's right. That's you know, right. West Coast, cause I lived majority of my life there, and that's that's where it is. But there's still that Philly in a nigga. Philadelphia. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> that's what's up. Corrupt. Man, we're big fans. We want to thank you for coming on the program, man. Thanks for taking oh, the time. Thanks for having me. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to Raz, Cannabis, Killer Priest, the horseman is in the building. We got more for you. We just dropped the one second video, the 360 video on your phone. You can move it around while we're doing our thing and see what's all around the room, top to bottom, left to right. We got a new one we're finna hit y'all with. Hopefully y'all love that. We're gonna be dropping it this week. So y'all get ready for more horsemen. It's new dog pound. Get that Snoop Dogg that's out right now from the streets to the suites. This corrupt solo transition and get ready for this new iconic movement coming from Pentagon as a whole. My 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 company, Pentagon Entertainment, and thanks for having me on here. Official at official underscore corrupt is the Twitter and the Instagram. So come holler at your boy and also look at it to see what's going on next and stay updated with Gotti. Church. <laughs> Damn. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. I love y'all now. That was our conversation with Corrupt. Uh, shout out to his cat Buckwheat for making uh, <laughs> a guest appearance. Um, Nate, I'll ask you this. You, you, like most breathing humans of a certain age, know all the words to Ain't No Fun. <laughs> we, if, if, if we do a rap karaoke night in public, would you do Ain't No Fun? Well, I <laughs> <have> never... <laughs> 
done rap karaoke. Nice. Nice. Um, uh, Yeah, totally. I'll apologize to my wife beforehand, afterhand. Uh, (laughs) I gave an F about a B. Yeah. Well, it's it's bros down, right? (laughs) (laughs) Simps up, bros down. So I think I've told this story on the show before. I will not do like a long version of it, but I remember very distinctly like the dudes on the bus on my way to seventh grade, like essentially sexually harassing this girl, singing it to her and Mm -hmm. like putting her name in it. And like, it's not the best memory I have, but there's something so, I don't know what it is like. It's just, it's such a great song that even though yeah. it represents everything I don't like, I still love it. I, I, I totally. now have said it several times on this podcast. And like, I, I think it's like just put together. It's produced so well. Yeah. And like, yeah. everyone seems like they're in on the joke, right? Yeah, well, I don't know. In the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, I, right, easy, right? it's yeah, yeah, easy totally. for us to say, you know, right. that's the eternal, right, like, right. Yeah. yeah. But I do feel like um, I back in the era when we just argued about these things on Facebook, I put out like, hey, I know a lot of like hardcore feminists, you know, who will be like, yeah, but I know all the words say, ain't no no fun. Like, it's complicated. Like, it's such a great song (laughs) with such uh, incendiary content. It makes me think of some of Ice Cube's uh, more, you know, controversial joints, but um, it was dope to hear Corrupt kind of affirm Nate your assertion that that was his finest hour. I always love when rappers understand yeah. their place, right? There's a type of rapper that'll be like, no, this verse I wrote right, last week right, was my finest right. hour. But he's like, nah, I, you know, he, he understands, uh, it seems like he understands kind of his place in the culture, the reverence that is there for him, but also didn't come across as like, you know, uh, bitter or uh, too full of himself, you know, I think I would be a lot cockier uh, if I knew Snoop on a Snoopy basis. Right, totally. <laughs> so, I mean, but now we know a Nate dog on a Nate dog. Basis, yeah, yeah, you know that's I mean? true. We know the only living Nate dog is as far as I know. Um, but yeah, I uh, back to your point, corrupt, so much self-awareness, you know, for, you know, he's wearing sunglasses, smoking some joints, talking to us, and I'm like, Jesus, this guy could not give a fuck but no, he was very present and it was great. It was really Yeah, great. no, it was, it was a great interview. We thank him for coming on and we just want to encourage people to check out uh, the Four Horsemen uh, project. I, I love, you know, that that he is doing a project like this, that he, he kind of rekindled it after all this time. Um, and it's just ahead, really. I mean, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting um, to hear that Razkaz was the guy who like kept the flame alive and like pulled it all together. Yeah, um, I'm yeah. wishing we could go back two and a half years or three years or whenever and we talked to Razkaz on a pretty early <clears throat> episode and sneak in a, a four horsemen question. I wonder if that would have like we didn't we didn't talk about it at all. I don't think so. Okay. You know what? I, it's, I haven't re-listened to that in a long yeah, time. But every time I think about it, I just remember how patient he was and how cool he was because all we wanted to talk about was nature of a threat. Totally, yeah. totally. it's like such yeah. our cut, and like I, we just had like we each had like this is before we did our current interview style the three-man weave and we would all just throw questions constantly <laughs> and they were all about nature of the threat he's like 1864 so yeah. and i'm like who was the governor of Campania during the Hercolonius period <laughs> so dope uh again since we brought it up i have to take credit again for telling Raskas that uh elucid had name checked him in nature of the threat yeah um, cool. i'll go to my grave that's gonna be on my that's tombstone dope. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, it's just the journey of Dad Bod Rap Pod. We uh, are excited to talk to all of these dope, you know, MCs in the game and bring you these stories, which have to be documented. I'll go back. I went to the used bookstore over the weekend. Um, there's a book called Not Another Bob Dylan uh, Biography. Really? Yes. There's a little Brilliant. book called wow. Not Another Bob Dylan Biography. Written by Bob Dylan. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and there was like a kid's book about uh, sampling and making beats. Um, and then there was something. Um, oh, gosh. I want to say it was a Ja Rule book that seemed like YA. Um, this is the whole hip hop section in this used bookstore? Is that no, no, no. It's just at? no, no, no. It's it was just the whole, you know, okay. it's recycled book. So it's just yeah. like the whole music uh, biography kind of section. But point being, I feel like this culture is still underdocumented. 100. Um, and, and we we are proud to, to have conversations like this that you can hear nowhere else uh, except on Dad by Rap Pod. 
Uh, if you want to connect with us on the socials, you can. We are at DadBodRatPod on Twitter, at DadBodRatPod on Instagram. Uh, we're coming back to Facebook. You know, I've had some some careful prayer and meditation sessions. I think I'm ready uh, to re-engage with Facebook. Uh, so you can check us out there. Record scratching uh, sound. Six weeks later, Demonis <laughs> went on. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> So Zuckerberg fan, huh? Yeah. Um, George Soros is controlling hip hop. Um, yeah, yeah. Facebook's hella bad. But we're, we're, we're trying. We're trying to get out there in the world. We appreciate all of the love and support that we get, all the notes. Um, shout out to everybody that bought a mug. I don't know if we're done, but uh, you can, you know, you can hit up uh, Merch Engine and see if there, there might be a couple more mugs left under Open Mike Eagle's desk. Uh, shout out to everybody on Stony Island Podcast Network. We're proud to uh, roll with the Stony Island Czars. And, you know, we do this every week <laughs> right here. Dad Bar Rap Pod. Oh, yeah.